Today on the show, meet a guy who I met on the internet. This is going to sound, maybe you should just cut this part, but like, <laughs> this sounds super braggy, but like, I'm, I'm a six-figure, 32-year-old lawyer that lives in New York City, right? And I work on women's health rights and like access to medicines for people in like sub-Saharan Africa, right? Like, pussy itself is not scarce. People like you are, though. Hear how we magically transitioned from dating to friends. Can I keep that in? I don't know. <laughs> Can I please use that in my radio show? It's your show, man. My heart is beating. Beating like an eclat. My heart is beating. You can hear it. A few months ago, I was riding the L train. It was late at night, on like a Thursday, and I was coming home from a date with my headphones on and that stupid first date grin on my face. This guy walked up to me and he said, how's your train ride going? So the subway is your preferred way to go to, from one place to another? From, well, when there's like a bridge or a, like a waterway involved, probably. Yeah. yeah. Where were you coming from? <laughs> Where are you going to? Well, I think we came from... A bar? Yes. Well, yeah, originally, and uh-huh. then we went to a subway. And now are you going to a home? No, another no, bar. No. Another bar? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are let you, me guess your wait, stop. Wait, Is wait. It, are you getting off at Lorimer? Oh, that's a, that's a bold guess. Oh. Well, that's not our, like, destination stop. It's, just, <laughs> it's our next bar stop. How many bars will there be tonight? Uh, that's a, who knows? You know, like, <laughs> it's unpredictable. Yeah. Where have you come from tonight? Um, I just went on a date. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was it, like, an okay keep date? Mm-hmm. How was that? It went really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> really it, like, excited. Was like, the better okay keep date? Yeah, it was way up there. We went to, um, he suggested this. We went to an astrologer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we had an astrology session. So did you have, like... Was it done in jest or, like, seriously? Um, well, we kind of <laughs> did it in jest, but then we took it really seriously. Oh. <laughs> like, I learned all of his flaws, and he learned all my flaws. I learned he has mom issues, and he oh, learned, God. like, that I, stuff about my personal life. That's so. quite a first date. It was really good, yeah. Awesome. Do you guys have girlfriends? Um, for, like, a week now. Okay. <laughs> I have, like... <laughs> I guess we date. We got we, we all got so close on this date. one, one thing. Uh-huh. That's a pleasure. Good fucking job talking to people. Let's go to wait, wait, are we going to Bedford? Well, we can just stay at Lauren. We can get off the What? Just to keep talking with me? It's equidistant. I mean, like I mean, you're not gonna get my number. You should just go off right now. No, no, don't worry. We're not trying to get your number. So relax. So then, why did you want to say hello? Because why would you just start talking to a girl on the subway? Why do you? Why do you think I do? Maybe I was listening to a podcast. Maybe I had like something. Yeah, like coffee. Yeah. Like what is this? This is my radio recorder. I have a radio show about dating. Uh Oh, are we we recorded? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah, it's fine. Oh, this is great. We're being recorded. Okay, do your shout outs. Who do you want to say hello to? Uh, well, I have a. Back in Michigan. You're not dating your mom. Yeah. Oh, wait, are you? Wait, tell, wait shout so out to your has, girlfriend. Oh, yeah, her name's Kat. I think it's two weeks now. That's awesome. Uh, but I should know that. How'd you guys have the talk? Oh, we haven't. Then how do you know she's your girlfriend? You just know. 
Matt out to dinner? Is that why dinner makes it her your girlfriend? Well, there's a bit more, but I don't know if I'm comfortable saying it on no this. No condoms. This That's it? No condoms? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> it's true, too. <laughs> too much so information wait. for a podcast. No, it's not. Not for mine. You ever met a girl on the subway? I did once. No. Uh, on the G train. How did it go? Uh, we made out, and then we had, like... Uh, on the train or after the train? Both. Whoa. And then we had, like, a two-week romance. Okay, Google YOY and you guys will be on it. YOY podcast. It's been fun. Bye, Subway. The date I was coming home from that night was with my friend, Chris. Uh, So I'm Chris, and I met Andrea on OkCupid. And I had the the great privilege of taking her on two dates. And And we got weird. Yeah, it got weird. (laughs) And that's, that's today's show. Things got weird with my friend Chris. <laughs> so I have a dating profile on OkCupid. Do you want me to describe it? Yeah. It's really short, and it has absolutely no information about you, which actually makes it... Uh, it's nice in a way because the uh, on OkCupid, there are a lot of uh, cliches on profiles, and so basically every girl at OkCupid wants to talk about how she has like the most amazing friends, and she loves to travel, and, she, you know... Loves to smile, love and life. Exactly. Such a foodie. Right. Uh, And so Andrew's profile said none of this. Uh, And instead, she put the the bio of of Kim Jong-il as her self-summary. And then you have pictures up. There's at least two, I think, of you, like, on the job. But I don't really have a lot of photos of me. That's not, is that? No, I, I have the same problem. Yeah, I think yeah. it's it's hard to. I mean, I don't. Who want who wants to take a selfie? Never, I've never <laughs> wanted to in my whole life. And every time I've done it, I felt horrible after it was over. Well, then there was a that report that came out recently where they were. I forget some health organization was talking about how selfies are leading to an increase in in lice <laughs> because like I don't know because people put their heads together when they oh take these God. selfies. So. It's so gross. <laughs> but um, then there was my, I've already told you this, this my, my, my favorite picture of you, which is the you're holding this like little dog. Not my dog. Right, not your dog. Much smaller than your dog. Um, but you look you look really good in it. It's the only photo that like is yeah. kind of my whole face and I don't look <laughs> crazy and I'm not just smiling in a fake way. I think it's you're like not an sm- okay. You're not, like, you're, like, you're not like smiling at all. Oh yeah, I think I'm not. It's smiling. like a very, it's like a very sultry. Right, the highlight of the the picture is your lips. Right, it's a very sort of sultry. I'm not, I'm not gonna smile at you. <laughs> just listening to him describe it makes me feel embarrassed. My minimal profile is a tactic. I just want to be as invisible as possible on that website, because of how much harassment you get while on it. It doesn't give a guy like Chris much to work with. So uh, your first message to me. If I remember, was like making fun of me for not having anything on my profile. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't intended to make fun of you. That's really mean. <laughs> it was. It was. There was a compliment in there. Let me find it. You said there's only one dictator that could po- that could possibly be the bio of. Not quite sure what to make of that with the shortage of contextualizing info in your profile. It's either hilarious or frightening. So why are you sticking it to the OkCupid okay man by not filling out the entire profile? You're really putting a lot of eggs in the, eh, I'm beautiful. I don't need words, basket. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to read it in your voice? 
I don't. I don't know if it. I don't know. If, no, I don't think me reading it actually improves anything about this. Are we bad. gonna have to read this at our wedding? <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> it's. I don't know. Hypothetically, like, any message you send a girl could be read at a wedding someday. Yeah, I'm aware of this. <laughs> but I don't, at the time, I don't think I sound as stupid as you just made me sound. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So what I, so you said that, and I instantly took it very personally. Right. That you, you're, you're, like, upset with me for not, for not giving you anything to work with. And just, like, and you're, you're saying, like, you're just relying on your beauty here, and you're not even trying to date people. See, it's it's funny because it. that's, that's. We, we, out from the start, we we had some communication issues because in no way, shape, or form did I actually mean what you're. Why would I message someone to like berate them about their shitty okay Cupid profile? I took it as negative feedback. Yeah, but you were saying change the way you are, change your profile right now. Right. And you meant it as I'm just trying to come up with something interesting to tell you. Right, and I wanted to tell you that you were pretty. Oh. Okay, so then at that point I just replied, "So what if I am?" When was that actually your voice? Was it that? Um, no, it was a little more hostile. It's like, <laughs> "So what if I am?" Okay, so I guess I wonder why you even responded in the first place. Then, um, I feel like I was putting you through another test. That's how I thought of it. I looked at your profile, and you seemed like. Smart and interesting enough where I'd enjoy a conversation with you. Like, for sure. There was not a doubt in my mind that if I met you at a party, I'd be interested in you. Whatever. And I looked at your photos, and I think you're incredibly handsome. Um, so I was definitely interested, but I was not interested in dating someone new at that point. So I was like, I'm going to make him kind of, like, work for it. Because <laughs> I am unsure if I want to go for this. Um, so I just want to see how much effort he's going to put in. Because I... If you could impress me in the message exchange, you were going to get a date. Well, the, the, the way I remember our messages is that this is actually not the first test that, <laughs> that you put me through. <laughs> no, I tried really hard not to go on a date with you. That is true. <laughs> you did. <laughs> For someone who seemed perfectly nice and incredibly handsome, I just wanted to just like push this off as far as possible. But that was, I mean, I, and I, I, you know, I can feel you on that, right? Because it wasn't, it was for, you know, personal reasons, right? Like you have things that you want to pursue. And really, I was spending every moment that I wasn't at my job really working on the show. I stayed in like three weekends in a row, just very focused on making YOY possible. So yeah, I wasn't ready for more. Well, and, I, and that is actually one of the things that um, like really, I think, appealed to me about you. Because um, I'm like, you know, very much the same way. I like work way too much and um, yeah, I don't go out on enough weekends. Um, and I think it's, it's always nice to kind of find like, you know, someone who likes what they do, you know, as much as, as you do, right? Like I do, you know, I, I, I don't stay in because I hate my job. You know, I stay in because I love my job. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's always really nice to, to know that there are like other people, you know, out there that feel the same, the, the same sort of way. Yeah. And once I started to get to know you, I realized we had, like you have a lot of career hotness and I also felt like we had kind of like, in terms of our intellectual interests, we had a lot of compatibility there. Um, 
So yeah, I was wooed, but I wanted to kind of keep you on hold. <laughs> so I asked if you wouldn't mind going out. I think when I finally set, like offered a date, it was like a month from when I said it was going to be. So wait, when <laughs> I, I kind of said like, are you free and on a Thursday a month from now? <laughs> it's just so New York City, right? Right, right. Well, and and the I think the one of the things though about having like a very specific date though is you know we all have certain insecurities, and I think that you know if you right, I felt like you were giving me a lot of time to like blow it. <laughs> so basically, I have this perfectly nice guy who I'm planning to go on a date with in a month, and I am looking for every reason not to go on a date with him. And then we followed each other on Twitter, and I found the detail that I could obsess over. He posted a picture of his cat, Simon, wearing a Denver Broncos jersey with a human hat on. The cat does not look happy. He likes the Broncos. (laughs) He hangs out and watches every game. I hated it. Why did you tell me you thought it was cute then? I don't know, because I'm horrible, I think. I mean, that could have been your way out, right? You could have been like, I hate what you're doing to your cat. We're not going on a date. Because I don't want to be the one to call things off, I took the photo to my friends Laura and Danny. Okay, here it is. He wrote, Simon is a little nervous about the hashtag Broncos, dot, dot, dot. And then here's the picture. Oh, wow. Who's that woman in the background, though? I think that's him. Oh, that's him? He has long hair. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh. That's so sad. Yeah, but in this case, the cat the cat just has, like, dopey features. It doesn't mean the cat's actually sad. Well, but those kind of things constrict their movements. Are you sure that's not his mom in the background? I better ask. <laughs> and whatever, it's just a little thing. It's no worse than us putting the cat. We put the cats in little bundles of sheets all the time. <laughs> it's true, it's true. And they seem to be fine with that. It's no different. But, like, I don't know. That cat's not purring. Animals definitely don't have a sense of branding. So we're assuming that they have a sense of branding. Um, Now I have a whole other concern, which is that he looks like an old woman, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's sort of... In this photo... Okay, so he didn't take this photo. Someone took this photo for him. He's photobombing his own cat's photo, like, creepily, I'd have to say. Look at that smirk. Uh, in the corner of his kitchen, like, uh, looking on. Or he's, he's either holding a kettle or his phone, and it could be take. No, but it's not close this up This also enough. looks like a mom's house. It does look like... There's a lot on the fridge. Yeah. And, like, look at all... The, also, look at all the toy. Look how many paper towels he has. <laughs> this photo's rich. I'd say give him a shot. I. Oh, this is a date? That's not the thing to... I think of all the things to judge in this photo, that's the most innocuous. I think it's the (laughs) most normal thing in the entire photo. He has the same couch as us, it looks like. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly the same So judge lest you be judged. He's got the same computer as us. Yeah. (laughs) But this is just our apartment. (laughs) (sighs) How how do you... (laughs) There are explanations... For things in that photo, I think. Uh, having, like, owning paper towels is normal. Well, no. That was, was also taken shortly after my New Year's party. Um, oh. And I had 
I had all the supplies I needed. So everyone that asked what they could bring, I told them, bring paper towels. Because <laughs> it's useful. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> so, so yes, I, I admit that there were more paper towels than I normally, <laughs> than the normal person has in their apartment. <laughs> How do we explain you looking like an old woman? I don't know. I, okay, so this is not the first time. You know that something like this has happened. Like I don't have really? like I don't have like long long hair, but I have like, well right now it's a little bit shorter, but like yeah, you know, it's like a man bob I guess. <laughs> I like it. I wouldn't have gone on a date with you if I wasn't pro like you having a man bob. I like it. <laughs> I think that. you look like a man. <laughs> I just have to say that, well, that I, I think you look like a manly man. Well, I appreciate you thinking I look like a man. I appreciate you thinking a factual thing about me. <laughs> okay, so I got so obsessed with that photo that I also talked about it on Planet Money. Andrea had uh, one of the questions that she told us about, which is a sort of a, a problem about how much information you should get about someone before you go on a date. Tell us the story, Andrea. So I met a guy in OkCupid, and we have a date planned. But since my Thursdays are incredibly valuable to me, it's three weeks out from now still. Uh, so we exchanged information. I got his full name. I went to his website. I started following him on Twitter. So the more I learned about him, the more attractive he became. Um, Tell us a little bit about him without giving out his full information. Yeah. He's responsible for a section of the American Invents Act. I thought that was very cool. <laughs> Wait. I am so horrible. What else did you tell him? I'm so bad. I'm like, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. Okay. Yeah, he does something in law. But then he tweeted a photo of his cat in a Denver Broncos jersey with like a hat on. Here, I, I, I pulled it up here, this picture. So this is what happens when you research someone too deeply. You yeah. come up with this picture. You, 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 there are some truths that just... Oh, yeah, the, the cat. It looks so yeah. unhappy. Mm, yeah. Here's the question. If you were already dating him, let's say you'd been uh, dating him for three months and things are looking pretty good, uh, and then the cat picture surfaced, how would you feel at that point? Would you think, I, just, I made a terrible mistake? It, this, this must end now? Or actually, are you being very picky before you really got to know him? I mean, I, I guess I'm asking how serious the cat in, it, it does look pretty serious to me, but yeah, how, how serious the cat in the cap really is. I don't think it's that serious. I, you're right. If I had more context, maybe his cat loves to dress up. Maybe it, you know, wears the, it keeps it warm. I don't know. I might, he might be able to explain it better in person. So my feeling is that uh, you, you do need to find out things about people before you date them. Uh, there's a basic safety issue, of course, but you also need to realize that actually all you're getting is uh, very superficial information. Uh, this is the kind of superficial information that economists gather about economists all the time. But any, anybody who ever talks to an economist will tell you the economist doesn't really understand the economy. They've never visited a factory. They don't know what's really going on on the factory floor. They've just got these superficial impressions and the superficial data, uh, and it doesn't actually make you... Uh, an expert. In particular, it doesn't make you the kind of expert who knows whether someone's dateable or not. So my inclination is don't snoop too much. 
And you really need to value empirical experience. In other words, find out whether the guy's a good kisser, and then you can talk about the cat. You were looking for a way out. I was. Why wasn't that? Why didn't you just take that out? If I wanted to take the out, I would have taken the out. <laughs> well, okay, so I didn't take it because you're great. <laughs> but you don't know that the time, right? No, you were you I were did. looking for reasons I to I did. No, you were consistently like any time I tried to push you away, you were so good at being kind and honest back at me and I like I really put you through the ringer before we even met in person. <laughs> I'm glad that we went through the ringer, right? Like I don't know about you, but like, you know, what I'm looking for in life is to be able to find like, you know, that person that we can have like amazing filthy sex with. But then for the other 23 hours of the day, like, you know, I, I want to find the person that can be like my best friend. And so, you know, long before I met you in real life and thought I wanted to date you, I was already interested in like being friends with you. Um, and I think that that is a, that, that's a, a direct byproduct of, of you putting me through the ringer. Um, also, you like it when girls are bitchy, do you? Uh, I do. You kind of treat me like an idiot sometimes, and I love it. <laughs> our next piece of evidence for me and Chris's story is a recording I did about 30 minutes into our first date. Chris likes to plan out interesting dates. So after we'd been talking for a while about astrology, which we know almost nothing about, he suggested that we go see an astrologer. I found a lady named Angel Eyes, and we chatted while standing on her stoop. All right, we're standing at 204 West 7th East. East. <laughs> Such a mess. We started this date by my, my this is my date, Chris. Hello. Um, we started this date by him saying, wow, you're a mess. You really said that to me. You're making it sound like I don't have any reason to say that to you. <laughs> okay, let's go over what I've done wrong so far. I was like 30 minutes late. I think a little bit more than that. I was over 30 minutes late. We're not going to say how much. Could have been an hour. Could have been less. And then I feel like my jacket won't unzip. So I took it off like a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) And my headphone cable was all tangled in it. And my phone was in my pocket. It was all wrapped around the bar stool. But then you dropped it on the floor. Yeah. And then I had to get up and get it for you. (laughs) <laughs> but this is all preceded by the fact that you scheduled this date a month ago. <laughs> so I also... you were 30, 35 minutes late for a date <laughs> that you scheduled a month ago. Do you remember this, all of this? I do. Um, what were you feeling right now? I was pretty nervous, right? Um, so it's not exactly right that like the first thing I said to you was that you were a mess. What was the first thing you said to me? I Okay, so I don't, I don't know... So I have a different picture of how this went down. Um, we met at this place, um, and uh, and I don't, I, di- I didn't actually see you. I didn't actually one. I didn't see you do the coat thing the first time. Um, I don't know. I was only paying attention, but I also didn't actually see you walk in. Um, I was thinking I was, I was, I was like texting with my friends. So I, I actually kind of remember just like kind of looking up and turning around and. Uh, and seeing you, and what do you do? You think do, do most of your listeners know what you look like? I don't know. So I'm not okay. hiding what I look like, but there right. aren't a lot of photos of me online. Right. Well, okay. So if you don't know, if you don't know what Andrea looks like, um, 
she's actually like she's like shockingly beautiful right and uh she's got these like She's got these lips and these dimples and like the first time, this is going to sound super cheesy. I really want to turn off your microphone right now. (laughs) Why? But I I also don't want you to stop. I'm like really embarrassed. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, so this is going to sound super cheesy, but like the the first time that, um, the first time that she smiles at you is, it's like one of those like stupid (laughs) movie moments where you know, it feels like like time is maybe stopped for like a second, right? Like I, I think we, I had ordered, I ordered us some food because I thought you might be hungry before we went to this thing. I have no. That was awesome. I have no idea what I ordered, but I do like the image. You don't of, remember the pretzel and the. Oh, it's a pretzel. Yeah. yeah. So I don't remember that, but I remember like the moment of like the seeing you for the first time and you smiling at me, um, and like. You know, I don't know. That's super cheesy, but like that's so. So so I didn't immediately say you're a, you're a total mess, right? <laughs> you did. All I remember is you being like, "My friends hate you. You're a mess." Was I more attractive than my photos, or less? Yes, much more. Like you're you you look good in your photos, um, but look, the time doesn't stop for every girl that I meet, right? I think like. Uh, that's like what I was saying before, right? Like, there's so many. I go on like the not as advertised date, like all the time, right? And that's not just like physically, but like, you know, intellectually and like emotionally. Um, and so, I don't know. It's a very sort of memorable uh, moment for me. This story is starting to sound horribly romantic. Did you just hear him say time stopped? Time doesn't stop for every girl that I meet. I scripted that. Just kidding. Actually, as he said it, I climbed under the desk here in the studio and hid my head like this was an earthquake drill. It's hard to hear someone talk like that, who's just your friend. As for me, I felt instantly comfortable with Chris from the moment we met. He's charming. He asks you questions about yourself in a way that makes you forget you've been talking about yourself for so long. He's probably one of the most accomplished guys I know in this town meaning New York City, and he makes you feel smarter just by proximity. But this isn't the story of how we fell in love. It's the story of how we became friends. And you're skeptical. I don't blame you. I've been insanely skeptical, even down to the wire editing this interview. But let's see if we can convince you in the end. Now, it's time to go on our first date to see the astrologer Angel Eyes. Just a little musical interlude. We are inside of her brightly colored apartment on the Lower East Side with a clawfoot bathtub in the kitchen and pink, yellow, blue colors everywhere. Hello, I am Angel Idealism of Angel Eye Astrology, and that's I-E-Y-E, not the letter I. So who's first? Well, I'm going to do, uh, it's a compatibility chart, so I'm going to take your two individual charts. I'm going to discuss you individually as as people and how you relate um, socially and also in one-on-one situations with the, like, like, well, actually, this is a three-on-one. <laughs> this is a 
Woo. It's not group sex. It's not. It's not, it's not what's going to happen here in my sleazy Manhattan apartment. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. How so, many um, of your appointments end in group sex? I must know. None, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. It's like it, this is not the 70s, guys. This is not before you were born. Okay. This is not like actually 70s sex was just let's shag. It was that simple. Yes or no? It's there was no no texting. Oh, he he sent a text with capitals. What does that mean? <laughs> None of that happened. Okay, so we're going to spend some time talking about your chart first, because ladies first, and then his, and then the compatibility. Does it have to be so close? It's fuzzy. I'm not going to say what that was. She's putting in my face. It's fuzzy, but <laughs> putting fuzzy things in my face. Okay, so now um, when someone says, I'm a Pisces, very basic sun sign astrology, it means that the sun was in Pisces. Um, you have Libra rising, as do I. Um, Libra rising can make you very pretty, very flirtatious, Across from the ascendant, the rising ascendant is ascendant. Across from the ascendant is the descendant. And the descendant is how you show up in one-on-one partnerships, relationships. Okay? So you have Aries on the descendant, as do I. So um, that means you want kind of a rough and ready, aggressive partner who's going to get down to business. Okay? You're not the... See, you see. it's a little complicated for you because you have stalker chick Venus. Should I say that in a deep voice? Stalker chick Venus. What's that? Well, we'll talk about that in one second. I'm talking about your descendant right now. So that's the type of long-term partners. The fifth house is like... Um, lightweight romance we're not quite there yet we're gonna go for the guts and the glory the serious partnership so now aries descent that means mars pluto are the ruler of uh, rulers of your seventh house so that means you want a really intense action oriented real kind of guy like a man not like or and you might want a partner who's a bit younger as well so you're a, you're an intense lady, you know. Again, uh, Sun and Mercury and Pisces means that you 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 can be very gentle and very sensitive and very mellow, but when you go to love, when you go to fuck, you're like you know, whoa, here she comes. Watch out, boy, she'll chew you up. Whoa, here she comes. She's a man eater. She likes to bite. Yeah, Andrea, you like to bite. Now you're now. How many people are listening to the show? <laughs> um, a, a lot, lot a lot. Okay, and um, yeah. So a lot of people know you're a passive aggressive stalker chick, <laughs> and you like to bite. She gets into a lot more about me, about how I chase partners and like to be chased. She talks about what I like in bed. She kept saying that I have a crazy pussy. His Neptune is in your third house. So, um, oh, he wants to wax poetic. As soon as he gets out of here, he's like, hey, the little baby, is, she, is it good to you? Does it do to you the things that I do? I can take you higher. Mm-hmm. Your pussy's on fire. <laughs> Josh Groban. <laughs> That's who it is. Wait, Josh Groban. But uh, I want to do a female, or like a, a, dra- what, female dra- a drag king where I do um, Josh Groban. <laughs> okay. But I'd be a drag king, you know. Just grab you everyone. Know that you're my crack or You know how he's just so, so, it sounds like he swallowed a vibrator. He's awesome. <laughs> Maybe he did. That's a secret to his success. So he wants to, um, he wants to say, you know, whisper sweet nothings in your ear. Like, in five minutes, he wants to do that. Okay. Um, and his Pluto is in your first house. Okay. So he's uh, intense and direct from the start. It's exciting. Okay. So we get some, <laughs> we get some, we get some, we have an Asian Channing Tatum sitting right here. <laughs> I can get real direct on that out of control. 
Let's just skip ahead to Chris's reading. You definitely are a think-outside-the-box kind of dude. You're not, yeah. And you could be quite brilliant, actually. Sun conjunct Uranus. Uh, yeah, sure. Brilliant flashes of insight can make you somewhat erratic, um, kind of all over the place. And Sages are, you know, <laughs> jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Um, but Sages are, can be very kind-hearted and very honest. Brutal honesty is what you value above all else. Um, you like a partner you can be social with because your Venus is in the first house and you probably love socializing. Um... Let's see, what else can I tell you? You have Sagittarius rising, so that puts Gemini on your descendant. Um, you are somewhat noncommittal in many ways. You're a noncommittal <laughs> motherfucker. God damn you! No, it's not. <laughs> um, you, you know the, that song, Don't Fence Me In? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that is the, um, the, uh, the theme song for Sagittarius. My moon, moon and Venus are in Sagittarius, so I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a player and non-com- uh, noncommittal myself. But you are definitely noncommittal. It, you know what, and also your your descendant, uh, Mercury being the ruler of your descendant, and again, that's the cusp of the seventh house, which is partnerships, that uh, being able to communicate with a partner is of extreme importance. So somebody who's extremely intelligent, witty, who has a rapier wit that is very interesting you, to you in a series. Like, if you can't communicate or if the, if the chick isn't brainy, you're not interested. That's just the way it goes. And just so we're clear, Andrea... The only shot you have with a man is getting an emotional connection. Some people, some, a lot of women think, you know, getting the puss out right away. No, 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 that, no. Because guys, it's just like exercise for them. Honestly, most men, right? Am I right? Okay. Yeah. Chris confers. <laughs> but if you can get an emotional connection where they feel that they really need you emotionally and they want you emotionally, that's the only shot. Because like between the mind and the penis of the man is the heart. Okay. So unless you have that... Gotta get the answer. And a lot of women think they have to be perfect on the first day. Guys, they don't. It's, it's not about. Per- <laughs> well, I'm we, already very really not perfect. <laughs> okay, it's not about, it's not about perfection, about getting emotional connection. You know, being real and really, you know, and, and see, a lot of women make the mistake of talking about themselves and what they want in a relationship, and then a guy will just go, Yeah, yeah, I want that. Sure. You know, like a guy will say, Sure, I, on the first day, I like soup, and then later after you get married, I don't like soup. What are you talking about? You know, so they just kind of listen to what like you say. Soup? But you know what like I mean. Soup? They listen to what they listen to what you say. So it's very important to pay attention to what the man actually says and to try to get him to talk on the first. Because women generally are the are the the chatty Cathys or the talkers. So it's better to understand. So anyway, back to his moon position. So you definitely want an intellectual woman. You have a tendency to intellectualize your emotions. Okay. You have an interesting thing. You have your moon conjunct Jupiter. Hmm. So working with women in some way or women on your path somehow. And, um, oh, you have a moon Pluto conjunction. Ooh, you're very intense. That's almost like having moon in Scorpio. You are a little paranoid, pal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little paranoid. Okay. Did you have a really intense mom? Well, I'm Chinese. So. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? I had a, I had a tiger mom. Oh, you had a tiger mom. Okay. Yeah. So you had a very, very, very intense mom, a very re- intense relationship with your mom. So you're looking for a very intense relationship with a romantic partner, whether you like it or not. That's <laughs> yeah, kind of like what you do. So you have a feel for this now. We had a great time. And the astrology thing felt a little spot on, kind of funny at times. And now we're back to the studio. Why am I doing any of this? And <laughs> <laughs> Doing any of this? I, I have no idea. I don't know. Well, this is, the astrologer did say this, right? Like one of the things that you know, for when I'm looking at 
like someone who I think I could be with, right? One of the things is is that I actually really like being supportive of people, right? Like I don't want to support someone, but I like to be supportive of like the things that they're into. Um, so I guess that's What's why I'm willing to get weird with you. <laughs> the other thing that, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> But then I think our second date did the exact same thing where I felt like at some point during our second date, we came to a point of negotiation where I was like, this is my stuff. And you were like, this is my stuff. Yeah. And we had to figure out if we could see our stuff lining up. Right. Before Which, our stuff had even like rubbed against each other. Right. Right. Our second date was on Valentine's Day. Right. And I made like a, <laughs> I made like a super posh valentine's day dinner reservation for us at my favorite restaurant white castle <laughs> i don't know what what i i tried i was so close to canceling well so it was i was really freaked out yeah it was last minute right we were supposed to actually hang out the day before um and then i couldn't go and then um i actually had the white castle reservation already um who are you gonna take but wasn't me. Mm, unclear. Right. And I hadn't. I, I you have a really, whole Rolodex. <laughs> I hadn't really thought it through. Um, I just had always wanted this reservation. <laughs> and so I made it. And then I figured I could take care of the details later. You just happened to make the reservation a 10 minute walk from where I live. They were. I, no. <laughs> that wasn't. That was all White Castle. Right. They were. Uh, the the Manhattan and uh, and Williamsburg branches were. <laughs> we're actually full. No one is going to believe this story at all, right? No, because like, <laughs> like if you put it on paper, it's like it's super fishy. It was Valentine's Day. Yeah, it was fishy. It was at a fast food restaurant, and it was a ten minute walk from where I live. <laughs> you did not look good when I explained this to people. <laughs> do you believe me? I do. I really do. <laughs> and I was really blown away by how passionate you are, like how long you've been working to get a reservation on Valentine's Day for a White Castle. It's been like, it had been like, I don't know, like probably something like seven years or something like that. This has been a dream of yours. It's been a dream of mine. And we were able to actually, and then I was so amazed, but it was so fun. Yeah, actually it was, it was, a, it was a ton of fun, but you apparently <laughs> wanted to cancel. <laughs> I did want to cancel. What was I, freaking you out? Well, I just started dating this other guy. Yeah. Just like, I think it's a real thing that happens when you're dating. It's like you can meet someone and they're great, but then you have other great people like still lined up. Yeah. Um, so I just started dating this guy and I kind of felt like it could get serious or serious-ish at some point. And, um, and he'd sent me this email that was like, explaining his plans for the weekend and he was like yeah you know i'm totally free on valentine's day except i think i'm just gonna stay at home by myself and listen to some noise music (laughs) (laughs) and read existential poetry about the impossibility of love and i was like is he saying he wants to hang out or not i can't tell um did you ask him about it was he asking you to hang out no, I didn't. I never found out. Instead, mm. I had plans with you and then <laughs> and felt weird about the whole the whole of it. Yeah, I, I think that I don't think you were completely honest with me going into that, right? Because none of this had come up um, at the time. 
Uh, Do you feel like I that I was obligated to be honest with you that I had met someone that I felt like I could see myself with? Uh, no, I don't. But I do think that you kind of like skirted around it a little bit. And I feel like if you were going to say it anyway, if you're going to like bring it up in this sort of like, I don't know, kind of like innocuous way, I think it would have made, it would have been nice if you had just like just said it, right? So you could either just not bring it up at all. But isn't the assumption that everyone has like five people on their back burner or something? <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. I need to know if I'm wrong. Well, I think it was our second date. So obviously we were you don't dating. Know, yeah, so. you don't know any, you don't owe right. anyone anything right. at that point. Right. And, you know, the reality is that the guy I was dating could have disappeared at any moment. But just because I, I like, I had strong enough feelings that I was contemplating canceling. But at the same time, I, so I feel like you didn't get a fair shot on that date. Because I'd met this person who I had these strong feelings for. Yeah, I think that, so I don't, actually don't think that, I, we had a ton of fun. But I don't think as a date, it was a very good date. Um, and I think partially it's, I think it's due to this now that I'm hearing about it. <laughs> My heart wasn't in it. It wasn't. Like I wasn't trying to impress you. No, you weren't. Your, your perfume that night was deodorant. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was, and it's, I, and I don't mean to say that Are like ev- that every woman should wear perfume all the time. But I think if you're on a second date and you're interested in someone, right, you try a little bit. <laughs> Um, and so I think it would, you know, sort of became. I put on makeup on my face. You didn't. You actually went out of your way to tell me that you weren't going to wear makeup to, to White Castle. I remember that. You're like, I'm not wearing makeup tonight. Well, when I spilled a drink on myself, I changed my dress. You <laughs> did. And yeah, I guess I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, your 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 heart wasn't in it. I think I I felt a little bit also like. Like what? Well, you weren't really like, you weren't really asking anything about me. I felt like we talked about you a lot. Um, you weren't offering anything about you. Mm. I would ask you a question like, so where did you grow up? And you would answer quickly and then say, and then change it back to me. Hmm. I think I need to be like coaxed into like, you know, like a more like, like a narrower line of like, right? That's too broad for me. Where are you from? I'm from Colorado. I was getting the feeling that you were like, you were being like a little self-absorbed, but not, but I don't mean to say that you're, that you are actually self-absorbed. I think that, and I think it makes a lot more sense now that I have some context for it, but I do. I mean, I think, I think I, I, like, I appreciate that you actually still went on the the day with me. (laughs) You know, it would have been really unethical for me to cancel on day of, right? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like There's Valentine's Day put it put everything at like weird stakes. I think things were already pretty weird. <laughs> well, this is the effect. You know what happened to me after the um, astrologer date is like coming out of the astrologer date. I was like, I was like grinning ear to ear. Like I felt like I could see this future with you because mm-hmm. she told the story of us. Like the story where we were allies, where we supported each other. She said everything that we do that like lines up and everything we do that we could work on. Right. And it was like this picture of a partnership. And it was really in, like, I was like drunk on that idea. Um, but then this other relationship just grew much stronger really fast. And I couldn't, I didn't know where to place that. I couldn't, like the astrologer just felt like weird and out of context for me. 
Yeah. Well, I, I, the 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 hardest thing I think about that date for me was we we actually we did have a pretty like serious makeout session. Um. Uh, but you did tell me that like we weren't going to hook up, but you did say that it was because like of your show and not. I think I would have appreciated a little bit more, you know, that it was actually about another another person because um, that's like that's like a lot easier to to understand i think um because i kept on saying it's because i'm busy it's because i'm you busy did. you did and you like you 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 said some pretty direct things to me like what <laughs> um like towards the end when we were like gonna leave the we went to a bar after and towards the end you know i was saying let's get you home and you were you were like, okay, well, I just want to like tie up this loose end. And you're like, I can see something like this turning into something regular and being something casual. And you're like, you actually said, we're definitely going to fuck. <laughs> Which I think is like, you know, if you hear that, it's right. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to start betting on that pony. But like, there's something about hearing that. And then, um, and then, you know, now later hearing that like, there was a completely different, um, like there, there were a lot of different, um, uh, things going on for you when you said that. So I think that was like a little bit, you know, I think it, it, part of me felt a little bit played, um, uh, you know, cause I, you know, there's, there's a tendency, I'd only gone on two dates with you. Um, and like, you know, there might be this, this sort of like, like this tendency to think like, you know, maybe she actually really is just interested in this as a show. Um, it was never about the show. <laughs> I wouldn't have said that. Like, as a, I would never say that to a guy if I didn't really believe it in the moment. <laughs> but I'm also not like enlightened enough that I don't lie to myself sometimes. Yeah, no, I think we, I think we all do. I mean, and I, I lied to myself that night, right? Um, th- like, I want to be. Wanna like be... we, when we were talking, we encountered some things that didn't line up about yeah. who we are. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And and there were some things that I was like that didn't line up, and then I was like, "That's no big deal to me. That's a small thing. That's not a thing." Yeah, but it was still a thing. But it was a thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, I was able to like shut that thing down in my head that night. Yeah, and I think that there was, you know, there was, you know, I up until the point where in the date where you told me that you weren't looking for anything serious with me, um, I wanted to be with you. And um, so the, 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 the biggest regret that I had from that date was that I wasn't really honest, you know, with either of us about what, you know, this alternative approach uh, could have been. Alternative approach meaning friendship. Right. Um, you know, we, like, all the... All, I like, just, wait, I have to go back. I can't believe you ever saw something long-term romantic with me. Well, of course I did. Like, I never read that in you. No, of course I did. Um... You know, when we were getting to know each other over, like, you know, like, the messages and stuff, um, like, it's obviously, like, that we think about things a lot, um, like, very similarly, um, right? Like, at least career-wise, you know, neither of us is doing what we do because we're, like, chasing, like, fame or money, right? You do things because you actually really believe in them. So you are, like, you're not doing a show to be famous. You're going to be famous, but like that's not why you do it, right? You do it because you enjoy. I I think because you enjoy like giving people um, this sort of feeling that like there's hope out of all of this. 
you know, it's like, um, do you know who Alfred de Musset is? Mm-mm. So he's like this, he's a, he was uh, this French playwright, and he's got this, this play called Don't Fool With Love. And um, there's this part in it where he's talking about how, like, all guys are despicable and all women are, like, cunning and depraved. And that, like, the world is this really messed up place. And, like, in that place, the only thing that we consider holy is, like, the union of these, like, two otherwise, um, like, flawed creatures. And so he's got this part where he says, um, you know, uh, we're often deceived. Um, We're often hurt and unhappy, but we love. Uh, and when we stand at the edge of our graves, we turn around to look backwards and we say to ourselves, you know, I suffered often, um, I was sometimes mistaken, but I loved. And I lived not, not some being, you know, fabricated from my own pride and boredom. And I think, like, that's your show to me, right? Your show is not about the guarantee of finding love and love that, you know, finding love making you happy, Right. The value of all of this is that you're just giving yourself the opportunity to find it, right? And like that's the actual, you know, giving yourself the chance to find these things um, is what people should actually like be happy about. And like you get that, right? You get that you're you're not a dating expert. You get this, right? Like your your show is on, you know, you get that it's much bigger than this. And it's like why, like how could I not want to be friends with someone that, you know, sees the world in that that kind of way? And so of course, if I'm like, if you're someone that I feel like I could be like really good friends with and then you show up and you're shockingly beautiful <laughs> like of course I'm going to feel like I could see you know some kind of future I would be so mad at me because I would feel like I haven't <laughs> I haven't treated you with the respect that you deserve I don't think that's true though I think I, I think you know, you're a victim of me lying to myself I don't think I did anything intentionally maliciously but I do think at some like at the end of that second date I kind of said, wait till March, wait till March. (laughs) I'll be ready for you in March. And I was like banking on this other guy just like totally bailing out on me. And when that didn't happen, I was really surprised. The other thing is that you deserve better than a girl who's like asking you to go on hold until she she knocks off this one guy. No, but you know, I think the thing is it's not, it's, it's, in a way it's actually kind of flattering right that you put enough trust in me to like to believe that like I could accept what you're saying and deal with it in like a rational way you're so i mean you're so like you're not like i feel like men often are so like emotionally stunted <laughs> like where it's like i'm dealing with a teenager and i feel like you can you have like the adult level of self-esteem and like communication abilities where i can just be honest with you well i think that this is why you know i feel like we're now we're getting to a place where it would mean a lot to me like if we could be friends um you know and and i don't think that there's there's some some of your listeners are going to be like that's a desperation move. <laughs> and I think I think you're still a little bit skeptical too. And I think no. you have, I think you have a reason to be, right? Like you don't have any actual reason to trust me on this. Well, you have no actual reason to want to be my friend. I just I just listed a lot of reasons for why I would want to be your friend. Um I don't know. I, think, I, think I as... believe I believe that you want to be my friend. And I think everyone in my life is going to believe why you want to be my friend. It's just it's just incredible that we're there. It feels like it just feels like a superpower. I don't know if you've ever like have you ever had a threesome? 
Yes. <laughs> I feel like I shouldn't even actually answer this question. Do I don't not know why I led it? I don't know why I led with yes, but okay. Let's just assume <laughs> I'll, I'll bite. <laughs> okay. Let's just assume that you've had a threesome before. Um, cuz I have two. And at the end of it you're like, "Holy shit." I can't believe I have, like, the superpower of communication and honesty and trust with everyone involved. It just feels insane that right. it's able to even happen because it just feels so, um, like, you're told by every idea of what love and relationships and sex are that this is impossible. So right. you get there and you're like, I have superhuman communication powers. Right. That's how I feel about us being friends. It feels like we're getting away with the threesome. <laughs> no, I, I think that's right. I think the ones that I've been in have been very, like, it, the, yeah, you feel really empowered to be able to walk away from a, a situation that should be super weird and super awkward, um, but being able to walk away from it in a way that, um, you know, like, like a mature adult, like, can. And the other thing that happens there is, like, you're super bonded with everyone involved right. because you were able to go through this, like, adult exchange so it's like I feel superhuman bonded to you that we've been able to enter friendship successfully, um, and it, I think it makes our friendship that much more awesome. Yeah, and I I think that there's you know probably one of the more unfortunate constructs like social constructs in dating, especially I think for guys, is this idea that like being in the friend zone is like something that you're supposed to be ashamed of. Um, right? Yeah, it's like you know you should view as some kind of failure. Um, but I think that, like, we're perfectly capable of, uh, you know, as, like, mature adults of recalibrating our feelings for other people. And we do this all the time, right? This is, like, if I have a student that isn't learning what I'm teaching, I don't write them off as an unteachable student. You know, I try to figure out, I recalibrate, and I think about how can I connect with this person um, in a different way or on a different level. Um, and I think that it's not crazy to think that you can apply that same kind of, you know, rational thinking to... I mean, I wouldn't have wanted to date you, right? I wouldn't want to be with you if I didn't actually think you were cool. And I think there's that natural tendency, obviously, when you meet someone that um, is, you know, physically attractive um, and is super cool, right? The natural tendency is to be like, yeah, I can, I can have it all. And then when you realize you can't have it all, I think the natural tendency is to just walk away. Um, but, you know, I think I realized that the stakes with you are a lot different than other girls that I've dated. Um, and I think that, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to walk away just because we're not going to sleep together. So his moon is in your first house. That means he can't help but like boost you up like emotionally, emotional ebuvalence, you know, like he's you lift me up, <laughs> whatever that song is. So anyway, so he just really uh, he can't help but be supportive of you. It's true. It's already <laughs> he true. He approves of almost everything about you. I mean, it's just like he just, he digs on you. To help me sum everything up, I turned to YY's staff Smarty, dating researcher Hollywood. I asked if she thought male-female friendship is possible. Like, as I get older, and I feel, I can't imagine this is not true for a lot of people. As you get older, just sex just becomes less and less important. Like, it's still really important. In the sense of like, this is still a, a desire and a drive that I still need to satisfy and all these things, but it doesn't become this preoccupying motive for my like life choices anymore. It's sort of like, okay, I could get sex. If that's what I really wanted, I could get sex. But you know what I don't really get often is intellectual conversation. And so when I meet a guy who 
you know, um, <laughs> let's use this term, arouses me uh, mentally. I might not want to have sex with him. I might not want to have a romantic relationship with him at all, right? But I really, really like his brain, and I really like being around his brain. And I've had this happen to me, and it happened to me relatively recently. And it, it's just really interesting to me. Like, that's the dynamic of friendship for us, and that's what I really like about him. And everybody's, you know, has this opinion of, well, he wants to do you then. If you don't want to do him, the only reason you guys are friends at all is because he wants to do you. That's the only way it works. And I said, I doubt that. I doubt that very much. I, I think that as you get older, more and more people enter your lives that are like this, right? Like that just have this mind connection with you that you enjoy. And sex just isn't as important anymore. It's just I can't imagine women after 35 are still going around being like, oh, my God, I just want to have sex with him. I don't know. Yeah. Mind connection. That's like the most beautiful thing I've been thinking. That's such a beautiful thing to think about. Yeah, it has nothing to do with our physical bodies. Like if I never physically saw him again, I still feel like our friendship could go on. Like I don't feel like it's necessary for us to occupy physical bodies for us to have our friendship. So it has nothing to do with who wants to bone who. And, and I think that might be true for a lot of my friends, actually. Now that I think about it, now they're all disembodied internet creations that are transmitted via smartphone like what does the body have to do with the friendship exactly i've been trying to describe what that thing is when you meet someone and you're like we're gonna be friends and you mean it you're like this is really a thing and it's not going anywhere because i feel this this um because you say things and i find them so interesting and i want you to keep saying things that i find interesting Exactly. I, I feel like maybe when we were younger, we discounted that. Like we were like, oh, this person says something interesting, but everybody says something interesting to me. I'm 19. Like, but as you get older, you realize more and more people are actually pretty boring. And, and the vast majority of people are kind of assholes. So like when you meet somebody who really excites you in that way, you hold on to them and has nothing to do with whether or not you want to bone them. It's just like your mind needs that social connection when this person understands me, this person says interesting, relevant things. I want to keep them in my life because I like how their brain works. So true. Oh, Chris and I are going to be friends. You agree. It's possible. I think it's possible. I think it's more than possible. <laughs> And it comes down to two is like, as you, as you get older, your whole life circle, like, you know, it topples up and down, it goes up and down, right? Like you lose a lot of friends, you gain a lot of friends. And there are moments in our lives where we just don't have many people to talk to. And it just might be that he's in a moment right now where he doesn't have that many people to talk to and he really likes you and it has, you know, he doesn't have to keep pursuing a relationship with you to want to keep talking to you. The point of this is that this is why I want to be friends with you, Right. Because, like, you are something bigger and more important than just, like, sleeping around. Holy fucking cow. I'm so I'm so glad you're in my life. Me too. It's really insane. Yeah. And I'm um, going to keep you there. And Thanks yeah. for trusting me. Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> this is, okay, so I'm not a dating advice person. Yeah. But my one piece of dating advice over and over is, like, if there's something you want to say, like, over say it like over communicate yep. and we've done that every step of the way we've been like i right. feel this over and over and over again yeah i think it helps that we started off in a place where we were just sharing like 
much more intimate details with each other than we would normally share with regular people. <laughs> yeah, I think the astrology session definitely yeah. helped. <laughs> Thank you for coming on my show, Chris. Thank you for having me. You can follow Chris at C-H-R-S-W-N-G on Twitter. La, 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 la. He got a chemistry set in his pocket, and he carries it round and round. He carries your heart around in a locket, and his love it is so profound. I said, now, E.T., Finger me, believe in me. <laughs> Special thanks this week to my friends Laura and Danny, Robert Smith and the team at Planet Money, Tim Harford, author of The Undercover Economist, Angel Eyes Astrology, highly recommended, more info on everyone, and a picture of Simon the Cat up at yyradio.com.